You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Jose and Jose B. <laughs> uh, it's a racist oldie, but a goodie. Yeah, I'll tell you a funny joke. I was watching, um, uh, this is off topic, if we even have topics since this is just the beginning, but I was watching uh, this morning, I was watching YouTube, uh, Norm MacDonald does a podcast and they put it on YouTube and the other day he had an hour with Letterman, the new one, you know, that just got released earlier this week. Okay. So I was laying in bed this morning watching since, you know, I don't have to rush out of bed to take a shower and get ready for work nowadays. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I just I woke up and I turned it on and they were telling jokes. I guess it was from a comedian, George Miller, who I remember. George Miller used to always be on Come on Letterman, you know, and I guess Norm MacDonald liked him a lot, too. You know, he was one All of right. Letterman's buddies, which is the only reason he was on there ever. And um, and he died kind of young. But it was a, uh, it was one of his jokes that reminds me of that. So, I, and it was uh, the joke was, he's like, you know, you go to these fancy restaurants, they got all these specialized waiters now. You know, they got the wine waiter that serves you wine, the bread waiter that serves you bread, the water waiter that serves you water, and then the head waiter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hello and thanks for downloading the two sorry excuses podcast recording live via via the internet i'm your old pal sanders i'm a good buddy live and if you are keeping score at home this is episode 140 the la viva mexico edition yeah uh welcome back man welcome back yeah, um, welcome back. My dreams were my ticket out, but here I am. So you just got back. Uh, did we talk about that you were going to Mexico? Yeah, we teased it. We teased it. Okay. Um, and what was uh, what was the did we did we talk about why you're going to Mexico? I don't know. If we talked about. The, I might have talked about the impetus, but we can revisit. You know, for those who. Maybe you're listening to this just, uh, you know, offhand, you know, as a one-off, perhaps. Here's what I'm really torn about. Torn about? I'm torn at? Here's what really... About what you were torn. (laughs) Here's here's where I'm torn, right? As a middle-aged man with no definitive traveling companions... Yep. What am I willing to undertake in the name of leisure? How how do you get the motivation to get up and go to Mexico? Mexico City, a foreign country. Yeah. I especially not being a strong Spanish speaker. Um and it wasn't even like you went to 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 like the the coast, right? Where you just sit on the beach and, you know, drink beer. Yeah, and- which really isn't my interest anyway. I'm a city guy. Uh, yeah. Right, totally. Totally. So you get up and, and you decide, I need a vacation? Well, it was like, it kind of started last year, you know, when I went to Chicago a few days. I, I went like the week before my birthday last year to Chicago. 
Okay. I on my own because it got to a point where I wasn't ever doing anything. It's like I can't hold out waiting that I find a mate to start doing shit. You know. Right, right, right. Okay. And it was like last year I was gonna turn forty, and it's like this is a miserable life. I never go anywhere. And it's like, fuck it, I just got to embrace traveling alone. Like, not going anywhere where I'm specifically hanging out with somebody. You know, like, if I go to Boston, I'd be staying with Brian and hanging out with Carla or something, you know? Which is fine, yeah. and it's cool, but it's like, you know, I can't just keep going back to Boston constantly, you know? Yeah, you're leaving something unfulfilled. Yeah, especially when all their food's all bland. Um <laughs> Oh, you can't just let it go. You can't just let it go. These are my friends, too, you know. I'd like to keep some of them. <laughs> well, to start dropping this. it's not really a critique of Boston, the issue of blandness. That's sort of like a general observation. The further north you go. But then again, I'm from a city that's known for spicy food. <laughs> you know? Okay. Okay. All right. So... Whatever. We're going to leave the fried chicken discussion for another well, time. We're not going to get into that. Dramatic, but let's that's whatever. We don't need to talk about that. Let's, we don't need to talk about Boston's <laughs> lack of cultural diversity. <laughs> let's stay focused. Let's stay focused. Uh, the views of Matthew Lucari do not necessarily match the needs of this pot. What's that? That you know that, yeah, that disclaimer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, don't represent uh, so, two sorry excuses. That's right. Um, no, so we we don't really need to talk about the food of Boston anyway. But I think I've made that clear before when I lived there. Um, <laughs> but if you go to Mexico. Talk about some good damn food. Um, so anyhow, so I thought I was going to go somewhere this year anyway for my birthday. And obviously at the time I'm thinking, well, where haven't I been? And I was looking at Google flights and on June 7th, I'm thinking, oh, well, this is what I'll do. Go somewhere in the States that I've never been for a few days right before around my birthday and then save up a big trip. And what I was thinking was Sicily. Because that's the homeland, you know, for at least half of my family, you know, and I'm okay. like to go check that out. I, and I'll do that in the fall sometime in October or something. I'm thinking like maybe go there for a week and just go around the island or something, you know. Well, okay. June 8th, that's when I have the discussion. And it's like, oh, we're not going to have you work here anymore. You know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Here's your hat. What's the hurry? What's that? Here's your hat. What's the hurry? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so one thing I've been looking at Google Flights, and I was like, well, I still want to do something. It's like, well, I'm not exactly. I didn't know what my financial situation was going to be. I mean, I knew I have enough to live on, you know. But I'm yeah. like, if I was going to go, like one of the places I was thinking was Nashville. I'm looking at Google Flights, and flights around that time are like three something. But I'm like, if I go somewhere like. Like when I went to Chicago last year, it's like, I'm an adult now. Stay at a nice hotel, which was almost $200 a night. You know, I was only there for like three nights or something, but that was plenty enough time in a major American city when you're alone, basically, you know? Went yeah, to, uh, yeah, sure. Cubs game, a White Sox game. I went all over the city, hit all the spots first. Bueller did, literally, you know? Um, right, right. I did all that, and, 
you know, I stayed in a nice hotel and it was fine because why should you have to slum it when you're older? Screw it, you know? Well, when that came up, I'm like, well, geez, I don't think I really want to be shelling out like, you know, $600,000 on a hotel room and Nashville or somewhere like that, you know, to go somewhere like that because that's a lot of money. And it's like, I'm going to want to be doing stuff. But I was looking at Google Flights and then it had, it had, you know, you can do Explore and it shows you popular destinations, you know, which has like Nashville and San Francisco, New York, Boston, Chicago, you know, all the big cities. And then a couple of, um, you know, New Mexico City was just thrown in there. And it was like, at the time, it was like $300, 307 I ended up holding out long enough to raise the fare to 340 something <laughs> <laughs> just because I, Shrewd. yeah, well, it was primarily because I was like, do I want to do this? Because, you know, like you're saying, it takes a, you know, it takes a kind of a leap of faith to say you're going to go to one of the largest cities in the world and the largest city in our hemisphere where you don't speak the native language proficiently, you know? Yeah, it's, it's it, for me. I would have to convince myself of to to overcome several variables. Yeah. Right. Can, can can I succeed in spite of the following deficiencies? And there's probably three or four of them, which probably makes me not do it. Yeah. You know. So so all the power to you to to kind of get up and go. So it's the the travel thing is is kind of a, a birthday motivation or at least last year started it and you're just kind of continuing it on like yeah hey it's my birthday man let me celebrate my birthday let me do something special i don't do enough yeah okay and then mexico city is is mostly a financial reason yeah and it's somewhere well i mean that was one thing it was like i was like huh mexico city i never thought about that and i was like it's a fucking huge fucking city you know, it's probably pretty cool. So I started Googling it and, you know, there was, I came across a few blogs talking about going there and like Lonely Planet. And, um, I mean, one thing I discovered early on is everything that's all these trip advisor sites and all that stuff, people that go to a lot of places and the people they're targeting with a lot of their stuff, they're all scared shitless of everything. <laughs> 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 I'll get into that. That's it. They're just they're cloaked in fear. Yeah, it's like fear. everything's like oh, and part of it I think is the people who are gone. The other part of it I think is kind of like a scam, uh, selling salesmanship on the parts of these people trying to hustle tour groups and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Make okay. like everybody nervous about doing anything for fear that they're gonna get kidnapped and friggin' mugged and end up in some kind of Mexican version of hostile, you know? Right, yeah. right. Um, so I, I started looking in and I was like, well, geez, I can fly down there for that three-something. The other reason I held out is because I was like, I'm going to have to tell my family, you know, and I know it's going to, you know, it's just not going to be like, okay. You know, it's gonna, yeah. I, I have to prepare myself to deal with, like, my mother's worrying, you know? Yeah, but don't your like aren't your siblings like third world travelers? Well, yeah, Josh, like, and, Josh and Mari are, you know, but but still, it doesn't like, stop my parents from worrying, 
Oh, okay. So they haven't paved. What's that? They haven't paved the way. They haven't paved the way. No, I mean, it was just that was like two years ago when they were freaking out and calling the embassy because Mari went down to Mexico on her own, and they lost contact with her because the because she went to go visit this beach town where some guy who she had befriended. When she was with her other friend, you know, who lived in one of these little surf towns or some kind of basically like a Mexican friggin' hippie dude, you know? And she was yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah, gonna go to this beach town or whatever. And then, you know, I mean, you get down there, even in Mexico City, the service isn't the best on your cell phone, you know? So you're in these really out of the way places and it's like, really hard to get in touch with people on your cell phone, you know, unless you get to like an internet cafe or somewhere that has Wi-Fi, you know? Right. Right. So like she, she went silent. My mother didn't know what happened with her. My mother was calling the embassy. And my, I remember sitting at the frigging two lane football game with my dad. And he's like, well, she's dead. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck, you're already chalking it up that she's dead. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's so great. Yeah, it's so great that you're because your family is such fatalists. Yeah, because one of the earliest episodes we had was uh, you were recounting a story about how your niece uh, was was missing. Oh yeah, quote unquote yeah. missing, but she just happened to be like down the road a little bit. Yes, <laughs> on her bicycle. <laughs> it's all this whole society. I got freaked out about shit that like that the other day because I'm walking through the park with Bluto. Near my house on the way back, and we always walk through the park that's near my house as the last big stretch before we get across the street back into my neighborhood, you know? And little, yeah. they're like, can we see your dog here? Because there's a little playground. I'm like, yeah, sure. Y'all can see my dog. And then this one little girl's like, can I pet you? And I'm like, yeah, you can pet my dog, you know? And the little kids are all petting the dog. And the little girl's like, uh, you know, she's like, I want to walk your dog. I was like, no, no, I'm going to walk my dog. I start walking. And then. The other two kids, whatever, they, they stay back by the toys, by the equipment. And then all of a sudden, a little, like a minute later, a little girl's running after me. She's like, Bluto! And she's running down path. And I'm like, and I mean, at first, when she was like, can I walk Doug? And I was like, where are your parents? You know? Right. Because I'm like, right, right. I'm very uncomfortable. as a single male walking through the park. You know, that right. like people will get the wrong idea anyway, because the world's bonkers. You know? Of course. And, of course. And I'm like, well, girl, where are your parents? She's like, my uncle's over there. My mom's over there. I was like, all right, well, you should hang out with your parents. And then start walking. That's her. She's like, Pluto. And she comes up and she's like, can I give him something to eat? I was like, I don't know what you got. And she's like, does he like bananas? I was like, no, he doesn't like bananas. You know? <laughs> He's a dog. Yeah. He's a dog, kid. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, she was like a six or seven year old kid or something, maybe eight. I don't know. I can't. I since I'm not a parent, I have a hard time telling how old kids are. You know. Understood. Understood. Yeah. So I, I have. I just know it's a grade school aged kid, basically. Um, right. And she's like, "Does he like meat?" I'm like, "Yeah, he likes meat." And I was like, "Where's your mother?" And she's like, "She's over there," and she's pointing in the corner. You know, but where she's pointing the direction is at, at a major intersection, you know, because where the park is, it's uh, where she's pointing the intersection of Carrollton and Claiborne, which is a major intersection. And I cross Car Claiborne to go home, 
You know, my and my house is three blocks off of Carrollton. Well, she starts running that way, and I'm like, all right, I got to hustle, and I just start walking the other <laughs> diagonal direction. I'm like, I, don't. I was like, this is totally uncomfortable, you know? And then I'm like... A six, a six to eight-year-old girl had you on the run. Yeah, I'm like, this is just <laughs> completely friggin' inappropriate regardless. You know, and then right, I look... Right. I'm like, she's crossing the street, and I see across the street, and then I realize, I look, you know, and they got, pe- you know, all the people that stand out with signs and stuff begging for money. Yeah. And I look, and that's apparently her mother's one of those people, and I was like, oh, man. I was oh, like, Jesus. Yeah, I was like, that's what's going on. Her mother comes here, and the uncle's probably begging on another corner because she pointed in two different directions, you know? When she said my uncle's yeah, yeah, that yeah. way and my mama's that way at first, her uncle's probably begging at another corner or something or being lookout. I don't know what he's doing. Who knows? Maybe he's her security and he, he's just staying far back in case he needs to do anything. Who knows? I don't know. Because I didn't see right, any right. guy in that direction. I saw other dudes just hanging out, sitting down, you know? And, I was like, yeah. and that really depressed me. I was like, oh, this is what goes on. This lady probably comes here all the time. On the weekends, definitely. You know, she probably comes here all the time anyway. But on weekends, probably every weekend, she comes here and puts the kids over there and tells them just play on the swings and all that stuff while she goes and right, right. begs for money. And that was kind of depressing, you know. And I'm like, eh, all right, it's best that I'm fucking uh, scarce from this area. So, like. Uh, earlier today, I was walking Bluto through a park, and I was I was like, oh, please, because the kids are out there were playing. I was like, please don't let that fucking kid be out here. Please don't let that fucking kid out here. It's <laughs> like, because the dog likes to go through the park, and I don't want to be put in these fucking terrible situations again, especially because we live in a world where it's like, you know, everybody's afraid of the kid getting kidnapped constantly, even though. The odds of your kids getting kidnapped are way lower than they were 35 years ago. But everybody doesn't want to hear that. Everybody wants to watch fucking Law and Order SVU where kids are getting, apparently in New York, kids are getting kidnapped constantly and murdered, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so you br- you break it to your parents that so you're... I tell my mother you're... I'm gone, you know? But I bought the tea. I was like, well, I just... Because, you know, Google will send you alerts on the prices, and that's when I finally bought it was... It was like, it's at this price. And I was like, fuck it. I just got to buy it now before it goes up anymore. The good thing was all but $2.42 were covered by credit card miles. So it didn't matter anyway, you know? Oh, cool. You know, so I, because I never use the credit card miles, you know, the rewards points. So they build up, you know, that I could buy a 300 something dollar plane ticket on it. So I. I tell my mom because I had to tell her, and that was probably like a week and a half to two weeks before I left, you know. And um, and then I I went and got an Airbnb, booked an Airbnb, which ended up, you know, they throw surcharges. I was forty one dollars, but it ended up being like forty seven dollars a night total. It was two thirty seven and change for five nights. You know, and it wasn't a fancy place. If I would have been with somebody, it would have been a nicer place. But even then, it might have cost twice of what it cost and still would have been cheaper than anything you get in America. You know? Like, sure. I paid 42, 40 something dollars a night to stay in a place. It was a walk up with no air conditioning, but there's no air conditioning in Mexico City because they don't need it. You know, every night I was there, it was cool weather. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that year round? I yeah, I think it really is, you know, cuz this is the summer and it's like that and I think this is the warmer part of the year is later in the year. Um Yeah. It's just the altitude. It's kind of like I don't what's Denver like in the so 63 degrees right now uh in Mexico City and Denver's it's hot evening. during the day during the summer. I know that much. What time I was there like 19 years ago, I remember it was like 100-something degrees. Like they were having a heat wave, but still, you know. Yeah. I My yeah, brother yeah, yeah. lived out in Colorado up in, for like 20 years, and I was telling him I was 7,200 feet up, and he was thrown off by that because Denver, you know, is a mile high. Well, this is 2,000 feet higher than that. Feet. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess, and up there you got low humidity. Yeah, relatively yeah, low I mean, humidity, it's a right? Yeah, kind of location because it's in a mountain mountain valley, you know. Like it's not like what you think of when you think of Mexico. You know, when you think of Mexico, what do you think of? You think of like a maybe you think of like Cancun and getting fucked up on beaches, but what you probably really think about is what you see like in Zorro or Speedy Gonzalez type of things. You know, dusty desert-like towns that are hot and awful. But that's all the stuff that's near, you know, on the other side of Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, California. No, that's all those places. Yeah. The the one exposure I have to Mexico City is from uh, Monday Night Football played a couple games there. Yeah. The Patriots um, are played this year, I think. And it always just seemed like gray and and thick. That 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 was that was kind of my impression. I don't know if it was just well, it's famous um, for the smog and the pollution. Although that, they've cleaned, okay, they've cleaned it up a bit. But uh, in May, I guess there was warnings about it. Had it was the worst pollution alert or, or smog alert or whatever it is that they had in like twenty something years. Uh, but of course, the levels are a lot lower now to trigger that than they were the last time they had it. Um, for okay. one thing. So I know they cleaned up a bit, but the other, but I did read that, um, one thing is it, uh, in the rainy season, which is right now is the rainy season. The, uh, the pollution, the smog abates because of the rainy weather, you know? Okay. All right. All right. So, but the rainy season, that was another thing. Like when I looked it up, it was like, oh, this is a rainy season. But I start reading about it. And I was like, oh, that's the rainy season. Basically, it was saying how it basically rains every day for a little bit, but it's not like deluges and all day rain. It rains, it rains like three or four, between three to like six or seven at night every day. Not the whole time, but some point during that time, it'll rain. It, actually, one day it didn't rain at all when I was there. You know, but it's never like like New Orleans. It rains every afternoon during the summer, but sometimes it can rain like like over the weekend. I think it was Saturday. Maybe it was it rained. It rained down here like, you know, two or three inches within two hours, which is fucking preposterous. You know, like that's flash right, flood. Right, right. like it doesn't it's rare for it to rain like that in Mexico City. Like when I was there, okay. when it rained, it would rain a little bit. And then it'd be done, you know, and the earlier you get out during the day, the more likely you are to see stuff without dealing with the rain. But it's not bad, you know, so I just bought like a little 
I went and bought like a Columbia, like little all weather jacket thing, you know, with the pop out hood, you know, in case I needed it. And I, you know, I used it like one time because it was raining on the way to the Lucha Libre, you know, so I threw it on and just tied it around my waist when I got to the arena. Uh, right. But the place I stayed, you know, it was a, it was a four floor walk up, you know, I mean, it was intense, especially the first night because you get there. You know, your body's not used to. I come. I'm coming from negative to zero, basically sea level to seventy-two hundred right. feet. You know. All right. So this is this is funny because I was thinking about this because uh, you had texted me. Um, you know, you were you were feeling a little feeling a little pain two or three days in for for whatever various reasons, and I I asked if you were worried about the altitude and you said i'm not playing a basketball game (laughs) but it it was it it it, you felt it huh oh yeah 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 i felt it really the first day the first full day i was there because um so i fly in and time and air from new orleans like i left new orleans at nine something in the morning I got to Houston, which is only like a 40-something minute flight. You know, Houston's a, yeah. you know, you can get there in five and a half hours. So in the air, it's nothing, you know? Yeah. Um, totally. And then from Houston to Mexico City, it was like an hour and a half to hour, 40 minutes. You know, so it's like within three hours, if you were flying direct, within three hours, you're in Mexico City. You know, which is quicker than even going to New York City from here. You know, it's closer than that. Yeah, right. You know, I, I mean, it's only nine hundred something miles away from New Orleans. You know. Yeah, on a map, it's very. It's as as they say, as the crow flies. Yeah. It's a straight shot. Yeah, I mean, which is crazy to think it's that close, and people don't even think about going there. You know, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, of course, some people are, but we'll get into that. Um, when was I telling you about the? Uh, was it before I went about the? Um, about the. Because, okay, so I get in there, and I end up First getting there day. later. I got there. I was supposed to get in like 5.30 or something on Thursday. But, of course, there was a delay, and a flight didn't leave for like an hour and a half later from Houston that it was supposed to, which really blew me away then on the way back. It left right on time from Mexico City. And that really blew me away, considering flying there was a big delay. You know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. For obvious reasons. Um, so I got there probably around seven o'clock, six something, seven o'clock, but I, I want to just, one thing I want to do, I want to just try to take friggin' the Metro everywhere. Cause I read, you know, a couple of things I read, Oh, people are worried about the subway, but you shouldn't. It's, a, you know, this is, these are independent bloggers who are writing this stuff, you know? Like the more adventurous yeah. types in the world. Like it's easy to get around the subway system. It's just like an American subway system. You know, like there's nothing tricky. It's got the same maps that Boston or New York or whatever have, you know, with the, you know, the color coded lines and the numbers, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, it, and it's five pesos a ride. Okay. Which is like so 30 cents. Basically. 30 cents? About 30 cents. Yes. To ride anywhere on the subway, you know. It's, yeah. <laughs> so I was gonna. Plus, the uh, my other view on 
mass transit's this. That's how you get to know a city. You know, it's not by taking cabs everywhere. You know? Cab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sit in a cab and you're just saying, cab, you don't know where you are. You know? But, like, you get in a train station, you got to learn what station you're getting out at. You, you know, you need to learn some shit, you know? Right, right. You actually need to figure out how to do stuff on your own. And it helps with Google Maps now because they can tell you exactly which train to hop on and where to get off and where to walk after that, you know? Which is kind of yep. how I was depending on everything. Of course, you got to be real discreet with the phone, especially being a gringo. You know, you don't want to be a mark walking around with the phone constantly. So you look, put it in your pocket, <laughs> you know? Right, you know, right. Uh, you know, like quick reference. You don't want to be like the stereotypical tourist, you know? Um, so, uh, but when I got, got there, you know, I get, get in the airport and of course I'm having issues with the phone and Google maps won't pull up to tell me exactly where I'm supposed to go. And I'll speak the language. And that is a barrier when you're dealing with more work a day type of people down there, you know, like the type of people you're going to have to, you might want to ask, Hey, where's the train for in in an airport? You know, you're, you know, Um, so I went and just, and the other thing is they have 22 to 23 million people down there. Traffic is horrendous. That's another reason I don't want to be in cabs and shit all the time. You know, I knew about that. I knew the traffic would be horrendous. Any city that big, you know, it's going to be like, you know, like New York at rush hour, you know, because it's the same thing Thursday at six to seven o'clock at night. I mean, imagine how shady the traffic is in New York city at that time of night, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty yeah. horrendous, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, but I went, but because my phone couldn't work, I just walked up to one of the taxi stands, and I and my I had to tell them which section of town I was in, you know, because it's all different districts. And I, and I stayed somewhere that was kind of a safer area, which is considered a, a hipper area or whatever. You're like, oh, lots of bars and restaurants, and it's safe. You don't have to worry. And it's close to stuff. And... It probably took, you know, took more than 30 minutes to get there, maybe 45 minutes or so. It took a while to get there from the airport, even though it really wasn't. It might have been on the map six, less than seven miles away. It was six point something miles away from where I was staying. But the traffic's so bad that it took 45 minutes or something, you know. But it was only like, I think I paid like, what was it, 234 pesos? Which is like, you know, eleven or twelve dollars. <laughs> it might have been like twelve bucks or something, you know. Which automatically, if you take the cab from a cab from an airport in New Orleans, automatically it's twenty dollars. You know, that's yeah, the yeah, minimum. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, like they have it set. Like it's a minimum twenty dollars. You know, so it's like I'm already winning out on the twelve dollar cab, and it's like I don't know where I'm going anywhere. And I was like, I just need to get to the place and get settled in, and I can start figuring out all that stuff. Um, so, but I, I mean, of course, the cab driver doesn't really speak English. You know, he doesn't speak English. Not really. He just right. doesn't speak English. Right. He doesn't. He's a right. blue-collar, <laughs> regular working dude. You know, and that's totally. kind of how that goes. But I'm trying to talk to him in rudimentary, rudimentary Spanglish. Um, right. So do they have Uber down there? Yeah, they do have Uber, which is one of the reasons why I had to resolve everything with Uber because they don't have Lyft. But um, yeah. 
I only took Uber twice. Uh, I took cab. I took a cab twice. You know, once from the airport, and then I took it. the The trains quit running at midnight. You know, okay. so the night of the Lucha, I was out after midnight. And I just and I couldn't. I was trying to pull up an Uber, but but because my phone wouldn't get a good signal, I couldn't get one. So I just walked up to a cab driver. But uh, yeah, okay. But I'm talking to the cab driver. I was like. I was like traffic. I was like, I was like traffic. Uh, you know, Toto Toto Aldea. You know, like all the day. He's like, see, he's like manana. You know, he's tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Noche. <laughs> uh, so he's like, basically, it's always a load of traffic. You know, we get to the place, and I go up there. It's a tiny little place you know there was a little terrace you could go out that everybody had access to it was a little mexican building you know it was a four floor walk up and it's like and and especially you get because my the place i was staying was the very top of the place and it was like the attic almost you know because okay. like the last set of steps up to that was basically a climb you know <laughs> uh, right right but it was everything you needed you know it was it wasn't really a kitchen it was like a hot plate with a little almost like a dorm fridge, you know, and a sink. Yeah, it was, but it was $40 a night, you know? Um, Right. And that little balcony, it was fine. You know, it wasn't glamorous, but it's like, I didn't come here to hang out in this room. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Yeah, exactly. You needed a bed, it needed to be clean and safe and accessible. Yeah, and and not having to share a place with anybody, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. so, so that was fine with me. Uh, but the next day, you know, I got up in the morning and I went to the Frida Kahlo Museum. You know, Frida Kahlo. Sure. Unibrow sure. artist. The famous yeah. female unibrow artist from Mexico City. Uh, and that's one of the places you have to hit the Frida Museum. Funny thing is, I'll, I'll throw in something real quick. So this... A uh, lady who I know, and she she's probably like a year or two younger than us. But when I was in law school, she was one of the writing professors, you know, which is like a program for like people that are just starting out that want to become law professors, you know. Yeah. And the first course they're doing is the re- legal research and writing classes and the moot court class, you know. Yep. Um, yep. but she had just gone come back from there because I saw she had put up pictures on Facebook, so. You know, a few weeks before I head over there, I sent her like a message when I saw one of her pictures and she responded. And she's telling me all about where she stayed and where to hang out and what she did. And I think I know she's kind of a, you know, I know she's kind of like a rich girl, you know, <laughs> like she was like, right. You know, like I think she might have gone to Villanova for, I don't know if she went to Villanova for law school or undergrad. I'm not sure. It might have been. Whatever the case is, but she was very like Syracuse girl type of lady, you know. You know what I'm talking. Okay. You know, people who kind of, you know, upper middle class people that really don't have to worry about saving the money too much with their travels and shit like that. You know. Affected. That's uh, that's what I've come to <laughs> come to 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 realize that those kind of folks are affected with an A. Yeah. yeah right. They, yeah. They've, they, if not worry about, it, they just don't concern themselves with it, you know, because it's not an issue. Yeah, 
Yeah. Whereas even if I can, it's just I don't like to spend my money frivolously, you know. So, yeah. uh, so one thing we're talking, you know, she's telling me, and I'm saying where I'm looking to stay, and she's like, "Oh, I spent," and she's telling me I spent a hundred dollars a night on a place. It was terrible because it didn't have air conditioning. It was hot. And as, as I start looking more and more, it's like nowhere has air conditioning in Mexico. Maybe the hotels, you know. Because the hotels are geared towards west, towards people from America. They probably have air conditioning, but typical residences don't have it. You know. Right. 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 Uh, so, so I was like, well, if that's, I'm not spending a hundred dollars to go stay in a place with no air conditioning. Why would I care about spending forty bucks? You know. Um, yeah. And then I'm looking through all these things while well, I'm looking through the Airbnb list and some people talking about walk-ups and I'm looking at some of the more expensive lists because I'm trying to find out whether there's a difference, whether it's worth paying for the more expensive listings, you know? And it's like, oh, this is a walk-up. And I'm like, well, it seems like a lot of stuff is walk-up uh, because in a lot of ways, it's like New York City. It's a big old city and a lot of the buildings are older than, I mean, it's not like, I mean, you know, you've lived up there, and I, I've known people up there, people that were paying a couple thousand dollars a month in rent that didn't have an elevator in their building, you know? Oh, of course, yeah. You know, it's like, it's an old, it, there's a lot of, you know, what is it, pre-war buildings or whatever, you know? Yeah. And and down there, it's probably not even pre-war. It's probably, like the building I was in, I think it was older, because by the architecture and the neighborhoods and old, old and it's a, part older part of town but i'm saying i'm sure like you know elevators are probably considered such a luxury in a city like that you know that yeah, people aren't gonna put them in four-story buildings um you know unless you unless you really have to be moving stuff frequently where you need a freight elevator or something you know um yep. so i was like well screw that i'm gonna stay there another thing she was recommending she's like oh i don't like doing tours but this is a great company for walking tours and i was like oh look it up it was a couple of days before i was gonna leave it was like the fourth of july and i was gonna leave the next week so before i went to my buddy's house for his party i'm looking i was like oh let me see that tour thing she's looking at and i click on it it's like three hour to walking tours around mexico city three hours which i'll tell you this much now that i've experienced three hours is nothing to be walking around city that big you know yeah yeah like Three hours doesn't really get you all that much. Uh, and they were asking like a hundred something dollars a piece American for these tours. And I was like, I was like, all right, well, fuck that. I don't like tours anyway. I like just doing it and doing my own shit. But I'm like, I'm deaf. If it was like 25 bucks, you know, which I'm thinking it would be because. Yeah. Give it a whirl. Yeah. But a hundred thirty dollars for a fucking walking tour? And it's like obviously this is geared towards a certain type of person, you know, the type of person that's not curious enough to figure shit out on their own or go stuff on their own. Like, oh, I just want to do it all now, you know. <laughs> I don't know what person, yeah, yeah. Towards, but it ain't me, you know, because I'm right. The fuck, I'm gonna pay you one hundred thirty dollars to go walking around a city, you know? <laughs> a city, right? Right. Which I could easily fucking do on my own for free. <laughs> yes. So now all the shit she was saying, like she was like referring some nice restaurant. And I looked up these restaurants and I was like, yeah, those are great. That That's great. You know, uh, 
like the fanciest restaurant down there is like a hundred dollars American for somebody, but it literally would be hundreds of dollars a person in New York, you know, because it's okay. some chef who's considered one of the greatest chefs in the world. He was featured on one of these chefs tables on Netflix, you know, it's considered one of the great restaurants in the world, but they still can only charge Mexican prices, you know? Um, yep. Uh, but, but you couldn't get in there anyway. And, and I was like, ultimately, I don't give a fuck about going to some super nice restaurant. And if I was, if, you know, out of curiosity, I checked to see if I could have got in there for lunch or something on my birthday. Cause maybe then I would have done it. Cause it was my birthday, but you couldn't even get in and cause you got to get in there months ahead of time, you know, to get seats at this place. Cause that's how wildly famous and well regarded it is, you know? Yep. But, but if I was with somebody, it would have been like, oh, we would make room for that, you know? But mm-hmm. but just me, you know, I mean, are you, I doubt you're somebody who's dying to go eat in a fancy restaurant by yourself somewhere, you know? No, no, no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's <laughs> probably the last thing I would do. Yeah. Um. Exactly. It's like... It's it's like the lodging, the restaurants and the lodging. Things would be done differently if you're with us with a mate, you know. Yeah. If you're with exactly. like a significant other, you know, if you're with your girlfriend or wife, or you know, whatever your uh, orientation is, since we are a diverse, uh, friendly uh, podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, when I went to travel with uh, with Reardon, when we went um, in Europe and Scandinavia, Reardon's probably the closest uh, thing, the per- closest person I know who is a foodie. Yeah. Right. He loves. He 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 he'll spend and he'll enjoy and not regret a good meal. Right. If that's a fancy yeah, restaurant, yeah. doesn't have to be fancy, but like. You know, a, a succulent dish, right? He'll 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 yeah. dive in, um, and even then, we there were two of us, and we were you know no spare no expense kind of deal, um, and probably the craziest thing we did was was went to a restaurant that served bear, you know, okay, like yeah. big game meat. Yeah, but it wasn't fancy restaurant. It wasn't like yeah, it was just some you know that's what I'm more into than anything. Something interesting that I would never eat otherwise. Yeah, except for the yeah. location. Right. You know, right. like so stuff I'm, that you I, can only get there. I'm with you, man. If I, I'd probably try to find, and 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 I'm gonna guess you were. You're probably like a degree higher than this. I would say I would try to find like a taco restaurant, and I, and I realize it's Mexico, so basically that's the cuisine. But you know, just yeah. like a just a simple restaurant in in close proximity to where I was staying that I well, could get a couple meals at, and then I'd probably just eat on the run, even if it's like truck meat or you know. Well, I mean that's basically local... what I did most of the time. Okay. Because, like, the first night I get there, for one, you know, I get settled in, and, you know, it's after eight at this point. I start walking around, and I called all my banks, you know, to tell them I was going down there, you know, and uh, to make it easier to get money, 
You know, the fact yeah, that yeah. to be able to just go walk up to an ATM machine or something. One thing I have, I have a bank account with Capital One uh, that used to be, now it's Capital One 360, but it used to be ING Direct. Do you remember ING? Yes. With the it, the Dutch bank. it was a It's a Dutch bank. Yep. Capital One bought it. It was orange. Years. Yeah, orange. Yeah. And um, one of their things is that you can use ATMs all over the world without paying fees, you know. So I okay. so I called up Capital One Three Hundred and Sixty before I went over there. Tell them I'm going. They're like, "Oh, well, as long as you got a chip, we don't have to do anything because they don't do that stuff anymore, like the like the travel notices or whatever, you know." Yep. Yeah, and then like for one one thing that pissed me off is the ATMs telling me it's going to charge me like. It was saying like 73 pesos. I was like, that's fucking outrageous. You know, <laughs> but I'm like, uh, I got to get money right now anyway. Because I had done the math. I was like, that is outrageous. 73 pesos is like four something, four dollars and something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was probably a godsend that didn't work because um, I get back to the hotel. I mean, to the hotel, to the room, um, to the Airbnb. And I, you know, I get on the Wi-Fi and I do Wi-Fi calling so I can call up friggin' Capital One. I'm like, dude, what's the deal, man? I'm down here. I called up the other day and they told me it'd be no problem getting my money out. And right away, shit happens. You know, because this is really pissing me off. It's like I went through all this shit. Years ago when I was, you know, first time I ever went, went out of country of my own, when I went to Europe, I didn't think it was a big deal. And right away my car got eaten because I wasn't. Friggin' really strict about all that shit, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But gone through the whole process of, I wasn't savvy, travel savvy, where you call all your credit card companies and your banks and tell them you're leaving the country, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember back then, I just start using the credit card right away, where I'd, you know, go to dinner, I'll put the credit card down, everybody pay me cash to get cash, you know, until my sister could come over to Europe with the replacement card, right? you know? right. Um, so anyway, I went through all that. I did. I called everybody this time. So it pissed me off. But then I go find a, uh, an international bank. And I think at the time it was charging me like 20 something pesos, which I was like, well, that's fine. I'm going to have to pay something anyway. And somewhere I was like, I can deal with a buck something in a charge. And I got a bunch of money right then and there, but but trying to figure out because where I'm going to eat, you know, so I pulled up Yelp and then there was like a, a place like a brick and mortar type of place that told me to go to it was the first night and it served tacos. Allegedly they claim they invented the Yelp, the Al Pastore taco, you know, the Al Pastore taco. What's that? Um, Al Pastore. Yeah. I- yeah. It's like the Al Pastore. It has pineapple and onion. I think it might be lamb. You know? Okay. All right. That because good. it's like sitting on the um because the same thing they get it off of, you know, it's like when you you walk in and you get the uh like a euro. It's the same sort of Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um it's like on a spit, you know? Yeah, it is like that. Also known as Tacos El Pastor is a dish developed in central Mexico based on shawarma spit grilled meat bought by the Lebanese immigrants to Mexico. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I'd eat that. So it's something you see a lot of stands. So, so I went there and I ate a few things there. I just sat there, got a couple of beers, you know, and 
It's like, bring this over, you know, and everything at the end of the night was, I don't know. It wasn't that much, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> nothing's that much. Right, right. You know? <laughs> but then next day, yeah. I got to write that down because yeah. that's the title of this episode. It's not, nothing's <laughs> that much. Yeah. So, uh, so the next day, I went to the Free Calories Museum. I actually took the bus there. I figured out how to do that. Walked to, you know, and that was one thing. It was like, oh, watch out for city buses. You know, those are the worst, you know? <laughs> right, right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I mean, the hardest thing about the city bus was the confusion of taking the city bus. You know, so I walked down to a spot. What I end, I ended up near like the university's area. I think oh because I went to eat at a breakfast place because breakfast is a big thing down in uh, Mexico City, you know. And uh, I was like, well, this will be something I'm doing every day. Breakfast. And that was a fucking one day thing, right? You know, right. <laughs> went to some you know places a a place I found on Yelp, and I had what I guess was considered like a typical Mexican breakfast staple, you know. It was a certain type of, you know, uh, I can't even explain now, but it was like green, green chili sauce and chicken and cheese and all this stuff. And it was really awesome, you know, and they served all the typical type of stuff on American might want here. But I was like, as much as I love American breakfast, I'm here for Mexican breakfast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I got that. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll take that. That's the uh, a Mexican breakfast staple. So I had that, and I walked to the station. Um. So, uh, so I, I'm sitting there, and all these buses are passing by, and it's telling me to take such and such number bus. And there's a girl sitting there, and finally, you know, people get on buses. I'm not seeing what I think is mine. And finally, um. Finally, I say, I say a girl, I'm like, habla inglés, you know, because she looked like she was in college. So I figured she, she's like, see, sí. you know, so I start talking to her. I'm like, I'm waiting for such and such. But she's like, that's the one I'm getting on too, you know. And the thing was the Freedom Museum, one thing I did, because that was the one tip that girl told me to do was if you go to the Freedom Museum, you can buy your ticket. And just show it to them on the phone. They'll let you in without having without having to wait in the long ass lines that you have to wait in to get shit down to get a ticket. You know. Oh, so you could buy it online. Yeah. Oh, sweet. So this is like eleven o'clock, and I allegedly am getting an eleven thirty tour, and I'm thinking. And of course, the bus decides to take its own route to like bypass traffic. You know, I'm like, wait, wait, what? I'm Following on the Google Maps, I was like, "Where the fuck's this bus going?" <laughs> you know, and I, I realized he's just trying to subvert traffic, which kills me. But that's what they—I was on—I had a couple instances like that down there, where like I was on like a couple of times where I was on buses where they just will, you know, fuck it, you know, traffic too much traffic, you know, screw the people that might be waiting at the stops that I'm bypassing. But hey, that's the way cookie <laughs> crumbles, you know. That's great. That's great. You, know, you just start bypassing, and I and I'm like, oh damn, and I'm worried because now it's gonna be after eleven thirty. I'm like, what if I get there and I'd be like, sorry, you missed the eleven thirty tour, you know? Not knowing, think because 
the way you buy a ticket, you gotta say, I wanna buy an eleven o'clock tour, an eleven thirty tour, a twelve o'clock tour. So I'm thinking the way it works is you gotta get there and be like, Everybody up on eleven thirty tour, you know, and start it. I had no clue. I'd never been there. Right. You know? A logical assumption. So I'm all, That's a logical assumption. Yeah. I'm all harried as I run down to the bus to the to the museum, you know, the the couple of blocks away from where I get off at the bus. And I see these long-ass lines. I'm like, oh, no. And I walk up to somebody. I'm like, what can you do? I was like, I already bought a ticket. They're like, oh, well, go talk to the girl. They should let you in. And these lines were long as hell. And they're like, yep, come on right in. And I was like, oh, thank God. As you've got more and more, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. But but once you get to the art museum, uh, all the the employees speak conversational English, directional English? Uh, I mean, the people... Customers. There were a lot of employees there, but um, the two or three people I dealt with did. The customer and, service. I mean, I'm sure it's probably because those are probably middle class people that are working there, being an art museum and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you see a lot of ads on TV and on billboards around town, everywhere advertising English lessons, you know? Oh, interesting. Because like, that's. That's seen as like a real way to improve your lot in life is knowing English. I'd imagine. Yeah. You know, because it'll get you better jobs, you know, get you like into the corporate world because um, there's a lot of major conglomerates like G, uh, big, big ass American companies have huge operations in Mexico City. Yep. You know? And I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the fact that they can have bigger workforces for less money down there, too. You know? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, because on the way back, I was standing in customs with a guy who's from Denver who was coming back from Mexico City, too. And this was in Houston. And he works for Tyson Krupp, which you might know from elevators, but they're a huge engineering firm otherwise. And he was down there because they're bidding on some project in Alabama, and he's an engineer. But they um, they have a lot of – they don't have the office where he is in Denver or in the States to really do all the work they need to do for these bids. But they have it in Mexico City because obviously you can hire probably three engineers for the cost of like, you know, one to one and a half American engineers over here. Right. Down there because – because everything's a lower cost of living, you know? So, like, well-paid in Mexico City, you might think, oh, that sucks in America, but in Mexico City, it's really good pay, you know? Yep. Like, if you made $50,000 in America as an engineer, you'd probably think, oh, that kind of sucks. But if you made $50,000 as an engineer in Mexico City, you're living pretty well. Yeah, you know? right, right. So, and so I'm sure... So, when he was telling me that, and I'd met a kid who was from Brazil, who was an engineer for G- GE, and he was there on a six-month job, and I'm sure that's the same situation, you know? GE's going to be doing all this work in the Western Hemisphere anyway. You might as well have, you know, if you got a major hub, you know, huge city, you might as well have a lot of people working out of that city for half the cost as it would be to staff that office in America, you know? Um, so that's, uh, that's NAFTA for you, I guess, you know, (laughs) um, (laughs) that's NAFTA for you. 
so you're so in the I, art museum. You made the. Uh, you're taking the bus. You you're making yeah. friends. You're speaking yeah, English. Yeah, so it's no big deal. Um, I try to speak Spanish when I can. Yeah, of course. You know, because the one. I mean, not that I know it that well, but I know when I'm dealing with trying to figure out prices and stuff or asking stuff. You know, I wanna. I don't want to just be the ignorant American that straight up tell me English. Why don't you speak American? Yeah. You know? And and, and speaking as uh, speaking as someone who who lived abroad, uh, regardless of whether you're good at it or not, local local people appreciate when you try to speak the local language. Yeah, and when I couldn't understand, I would say something, and then they would respond to me in Spanish, and I'd be, like, kind of confused. I'll tell you this much, and it definitely, you know, they have patience with you, as long as you just don't act like, and yeah, I'll just be like, i be like, sorry, gringo, you know? Right. And they're like, oh, okay. Right. You know, at least you're aware of it. You know, you're not going to do like these guys that just speak English super loud and right. cut out words like the guy I worked for that's what he would do to like the Guatemalan workers it's like it doesn't matter how loud you yell it if they don't speak the language they don't understand what it is right right you know and not it's only even do they not understand you out, yeah you're cutting out you know verb agreement stuff like it's like you go here you know <laughs> It's right. like, how does that even help them? Because, like, at least, like, if you knew the language a little bit, maybe by the context, if you pick up a word here and there, and you could figure out what they're saying. Yes. You know? Yes. Which is how I understand Spanish some of the time when I was down there, you know? Be like, you pick up freaking one or two words, and you're like, oh, okay, this is what they're asking for, you know? Right, right. Like, when they're asking you what type of sauce you want on your tamale, you know? Right. Because <laughs> it's always, you know. Verity, first time I got I because I, I wasn't prepared, you know. Did you when just pick their first Verde or Rojo? And then I heard, I was like, oh, Verde, you know. But then it became Verde all the way because I preferred Verde sauce, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, so on, I tried to take the bus back, and then that would end up being a waste of time for an hour because. I really was having a hard time understanding the structure of everything, and nobody was going to help me. I'm sitting at where allegedly the bus stop was, and I was turned around because I didn't know my whole geography of everywhere at the point. And I probably wasted a good 45 minutes at that bus stop, 45 minutes to an hour, and I'm finally with, I asked the bus driver, and he's telling me something else. It was kind of confusing. And at that point, I was like, fuck it. And I, I just started figuring out where the closest subway stop was, and it ended up being like a mile away from where I was. But that time I walked through, and I, I found a little taco stand on the street that was selling the Alpha store tacos. You know, so I ate some tacos there. Then I, then as I walked, I came across the dude chopping up mango, you know, which was like 20 pesos for a cup for basically two mangoes chopped up and a cup, which was delicious. You know? Yeah, I'm sure. And Fresh mangoes. To, yeah, yeah, it was delicious. I love mango. You know, and the fact that like you just on the street, this dude cut up fresh mangoes right there. You know. Yeah. And they put you know, salt and lime on it. You know, it's yeah. really good. You know, and it's twenty pesos, like a buck, a little more than a buck for that. Right, you know. Right. And um, 
and I get to the train station because I, I got to do something because I knew that that night I was going to go to the Lucha Libre. Yes. You know, but this is still the afternoon. I'm like, I got to get a couple other things. I already felt b- kind of bad that I wasted about an hour waiting on this bus that, you know, may or may have never come had I just stayed there, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and there's all kinds. It's, you know, there's all kinds of buses coming to the stop because it's several different lines go through the same stops and then they you know they they go off in their various directions at certain other points you know yeah yeah um so so eventually i made that call and then i went down to the central the historic district you know that's where all the federal buildings are and the old cathedral and um actually the uh templo mayor the old temple which is where the aztecs temple was until Spanish friggin conquest in 1521 when they crushed it because Mexico City was originally to to Noctitlan. that was the Aztec capital and they had this huge temple there and they just came and they friggin leveled everything and built on top of it but now it's all excavated you know and there's a museum and I was in there for like an hour or something and while I was in there and this is the first full day I'm there you know, I hadn't even been there for a full 24 hours at that point. And my buddy Chris is texting me. He's like, hey, man. He's like, how's it going? I was like, oh, it's pretty good. You know, I was like, I'm just feeling a little run down. And as I'm doing it, I'm realizing, I was like, but, you know, as, I, as I'm texting him, I was like, but I think the reason I'm probably feeling run down is because I'm 7,200, I'm at 7,200 feet elevation. You know, and I've been walking around all day, you know, and this is like, you know, gone from New Orleans to 7,200 elevations, a pretty stark contrast. New yeah. Orleans is below sea level at some parts and at sea level. And if the highest points, not much above sea level here. So, it, you know, it's like all of a sudden I'm basically on a mountain walking around. Right. You know? Right. It's like the so, equivalent of, of uh, getting the bends as a scuba diver. Yeah, and that's what I realized. That was like the first day. You know, it was like I was just run down. You know, so I did all that. Then I got home because I was like, I'm going to need at least like an hour to like get my act together for having to hustle down to the Lucha Libre. You know? Yep. Um, And I had already bought the ticket online because I had read all these things about it. Of course, all these things are like trying to sell you on taking tours to go see the Lucha Libre, which. Wouldn't have worked out for me anyway, because you would have had to go meet at some central location, like at five or six o'clock at night, and the show is scheduled for I think eight thirty, the Lucha Libre show, because yep. they do everything kind of late there, you know, because everybody kind of moves yeah, slow. Yeah, of course. You know, so everything starts a little later, you know, um, and they go late into the night, you know, so um, so I got home and I chilled for a little bit. And I got down there. Of course, I had to go in a will call window. Yeah. <laughs> One thing you learn when you get down there is they just really don't do lines well. You know? Right, right. right. Like the subway system is probably a million times better than New York's from what I've been reading about New York lately. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like moves people, moves it moves as many people as New York, I'm sure, because there's plenty of times where I was in there where you're crammed in, you know, you know, just like peak 
friggin' subway in New York, you know. And one thing, you know, being a gringo, just make sure that no one's going to friggin' pickpocket you, you know. Right. Because on a crowded subway, being an obvious tourist, you're a friggin' mark. Yeah. You know, so I knew that. So I, uh, but all these things I was reading about, about the Lucha Libre beforehand, all these things. Like, oh, the uh, Arena Mexico is where I went to see. And it, it was more expensive to go on that night, but apparently that's the big thing. Right. The Viernes, Viernes Spectacular, the Friday Spectacular. It's it's the biggest show, even though they do multiple shows for the weekend. You know, there's another arena in a different part of town called Arena Coliseo, a.k.a. the Coliseum Arena. They do a show on Saturday, and I think there's a – there's a show at the Arena Mexico on Sunday. It's called Domingo Familiar Family Sunday. It was cheaper, but to me, it seemed like it'd be a little bit more tame. You know, like not as not yeah, tame of course for but yeah, for us family family event. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Whereas the thing, I, and it, and what I was seeing people like, you know, do your best to get as close as you can. So I went and bought it beforehand. And I was technically in row three, but where I was, it was the second row. All right. So, yeah. so w- w- what I want to do is I want to I want to pause there. Yeah. I want to pause there because uh, two two things. One, um, I I'm working this camp and I'm fucking tired. I, I had to get up yeah, at yeah, five yeah. o'clock this morning. And two, we've gotten some pretty positive feedback on. Episodes that run closer to a hour, as opposed yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to two hours. So um, yeah. from the from the 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 messages you sent me while you were down there, and the pictures that have accompanied this conversation, um, I I think we can easily spend an hour on on Lucha Libre. And if not Lucha Libre, at least the rest of your trip, because I know you were down there for a couple yeah. more days. So, well, yeah, because there's more stuff than just the Lucha Libre. Yeah, okay. you know. So, so we talked a little bit about 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 the travel, about your motivation. We talked about the food. I think it's a good place to stop. We're going to tease as we as we're apt to do these days with success. By the way, I think our our ability to come back with an episode. Uh, that we have teased in the past um, is much better. I think we've we've gotten a lot better at that. Yeah. So so if you're listening to episode 140, we promise you the next episode you'll hear. Well, that's probably a little bit of a lie because I don't know where we're gonna get the the Holly Hog special in. So at at some point in the very very near future, you will be hearing part two to this episode. Entitled Nothing's That Much. <laughs> so that's we can what we talk about what was that much when I was down there. Yeah. So that's what that's what we do. Fair enough? Does it sound like a plan? Yeah, that's fair of me, man, because I because I'm only on day one right now. Very good. Very good. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to shortchange the rest of, course, of that. A lot of that was the build up to like getting there. Yeah, of know? course. And you know, we 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 covered NAFTA and and obviously Boston cuisine, so we we got the requisites. I was really digging after when I was sitting there with my uh, my Norm Macdonald book, you know, a book written by a Canadian, read by an American in Mexico. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, <laughs> uh, with apologies to Girk's brother, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, get them donuts, Girk.
All right. Buenas noches, Fredo. Thank you.